Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. Just hours ago, we completed a workshop to support our Ivy League Challenge alumni. This is a workshop that we do every single month. Usually we do it more than once a month. And the idea is to bring together alumni from the Ivy League Challenge, all of the students who have participated in my course over time, and allow them to come together and meet each other and support each other. Some of them are just beginning or they've fallen off track and they need help getting back on track. And some are just rocking it. And it's time for them to share their success and joy and excitement. And many others are in between. And either way, it's an opportunity for peers to come together and support each other. And we do this pretty regularly. And just because of a number of circumstances, I made some mistakes with my scheduling. This had to do with daylight savings changing in some time zones, but not other time zones. I was also traveling. And long story short, I made a mistake with my scheduling. And so I actually booked the Ivy League Challenge support Impact Project Support Workshop during a time that I would literally be flying in the air. I could not access the Zoom rooms. I could not access any of it. And so I couldn't participate. But everyone was already excited and the time was already set. And so I asked students, alumni from the course, students in my program to take over for me. And I just have to say, now that I've returned and I've watched the recording and I've heard back from several people, both participants and those who I asked to lead, who are also students, but they were the leaders, my goodness, my heart is full of not just gratitude for these two who stepped up and did an incredible job, but joy. I mean, absolute amazement, astonishment, excitement, the realization that actually my students did a better job than me at teaching their peers, at helping and supporting their peers as they all move together wherever they are on this journey of figuring out their impact project that is aligned with core values. My goodness, what an incredible experience for me to have. And I wanted to share that with you because I think it's really significant. In fact, I am bumping this podcast all the way up to real time. I'm recording just a few hours before the podcast will go live. And that's because I really think this message is important. I'm discovering as I think through this and as I watched the recording, as I read through all the emails and the messages that I got from students, that there is a better way to move from mediocre, even struggling, up to performing and doing well, all the way to high performance, and then real meaning and excitement and mastery. There is a better way to take a teenager, uh, or for a teenager to take themselves from a position where they don't feel like they're doing well, where they feel like they're struggling, or they're just mediocre, and launch them into really exciting spaces. You know, as a longtime high school teacher, I've always believed that the best way to improve teaching is to change the role or change the mindset of the students. They need to get themselves out of this mindset that they're the students, that they're reactive, and that they are there to kind of absorb the information that I share and change to an active role, a teaching role. Uh, the best way to learn something is to become the teacher. And similarly, the best way to empower a teen the best way for you to empower yourself is to change your role from participant to catalyst, from reactive to a change maker. And it's hard for me to overstate just how important this is, because I would say that we move through various levels of engagement 
Of course, you've probably seen the Gallup polls, and if you haven't, you should know that the vast majority of high school teenagers are disengaged at school. They're not fully engaged. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that. Having taught in the classroom a lot, I can tell you that a lot of people feel like they can't relate, that school is there almost to torture them, and they just have to survive until they can get past school and then they can start living their lives. But then that's overwhelming and a little bit daunting because they keep getting warned that life gets harder and gets worse over time, not better. Now, of course, none of that is true, in my opinion. As you develop your skills and as you become more familiar with who you really are and you make choices that align with who you really are, life gets better. It gets a lot better. You become more confident and more capable. And so I, I want to kind of move through what I've observed to be some of the stages that we see in high school students and share an idea about what we might be able to do to help people shift from these kind of lower levels of engagement up to the higher levels of engagement. I really feel like at the very, very bottom, the most disengaged students are in open defiance. They are, we'll call this total defiance. They're actively sabotaging the classroom. And their goal is to be kicked out of class because that's more enjoyable than being in class. And believe it or not, there are a number of these students. The level above that, I would say, is kind of that hidden sabotage, or there's this obedience, but it's malicious. In other words, there's this passive aggressive element to it, where every opportunity possible, this student is going to find ways to add friction to the learning process to make it harder for the teacher and harder for their peers. I've seen both of these stages a number of times, okay? Total defiance and this kind of hidden sabotage or, or whatever we're calling it, obedience, but malicious obedience. And then the next stage above that is when the teacher is a little bit more capable of managing the classroom, they're a little bit more aware and they're able to catch things before they become too big. Then oftentimes these same students shift into forced compliance or unhappy compliance. They know that the teacher is has the upper hand and they know that they're it's easier for them if they comply, but they're certainly not engaged. Above that, I would say is something like neutral or willing compliance, someone who is willing to comply. But again, it's kind of a, a relationship of convenience. It's not that they want to be there and they love learning and love growing and have some kind of meaning attached to what they do in the classroom. It's that they're willing because the hassle of not complying is, is a pretty big deal. It's, it's not very fun. Now, if you feel frustrated or you feel like, man, I don't like that this actually describes me, or for those parents out there, if you feel like you don't like that this describes your teenager, I want you to know that it's not a huge step from willing compliance, kind of that, that neutral area where you feel like you're willing to do what you're supposed to do, quote unquote, supposed to do, uh, because it's more of a hassle to be defiant than it is to just be compliant. It's not a huge step to go from there to these layers where we actually just completely grow. And what I'm describing is this cheerful cooperation. You know, someone who cheerfully cooperates, they cheerfully learn. They're a little bit excited and a little bit interested. But even above that, we have this heartfelt commitment where fully from your core, you are committed to learning. And this becomes something that you are pursuing yourself. And that top layer at least from what I can see, would be creative excitement. These are people who literally feel like they're creating their lives and they're experiencing joy and excitement as they create for themselves the experience that they want. Each of these, I don't know what we call it, six or seven layers of, of engagement in school 
are completely possible for any student. And any student can go up or down the spectrum at any time. And what I found frustrating when I was spending full time in the classroom is that so many of the resources and so many of the trainings and so much of the mentality of teachers and administrators in different schools where I've taught, and I've taught in three different continents. I've taught in a lot of a variety of schools. But most of the time, the mindset was, how can we improve things on the margins? How can we get marginally better performance out of the students? And most of the time, the discussion was never, how can we completely transform this situation? Right? How can we get a 10x, a 20x, 100x improvement, which is only possible if we have that same kind of mindset shift from, you know, I'm a reactive learner to I'm a proactive teacher that we talked about earlier. That mindset shift can produce the kind of 10x transformational results that we're looking for. And look, this podcast, it would be naive and it would be inaccurate for me to say, I just want administrators and teachers to listen to this, and then they'll know exactly what they can do in the classroom or in their schools to completely transform everything. I know that there are a lot of variables, that there are a lot of issues that need to be resolved, and some issues need to be resolved differently than other issues, and it's a complicated situation. But the people I want to talk to are people who are in charge of themselves, right? I'm speaking to you if you're a teenager. I'm speaking to you if you're listening with your parents or not. And if you're deciding that, look, I don't like being a forced compliant student. I don't like living my entire day moving, vacillating between forced compliance and willing compliance. I kind of am interested in finding out, is there something more to this? Is it possible to move into cheerful cooperation? Is it possible to really learn from the heart and have heartfelt commitment And is it truly possible to get up to that excitement level when you're creative, when you're actually creating your own success and and paving your own path and your own journey? And my argument is that absolutely it is possible. One of the big challenges that you face as an individual is the fact that the system, the school system was set up for a very different purpose than creating creative excitement in the classroom. The school system was set up to support factory lines and to support an industrial revolution that occurred 200 years ago. And somehow, for whatever reason, and I know there are a variety of reasons, I've participated in in roundtables and in workshops that discuss this topic ad nauseum. I mean, this is a discussion topic we can have for a long time. There are a lot of reasons why this system evolves very, very slowly. But As it stands right now, your job is not to change the entire system. Your job is to change your own lived experience inside of the classroom. And I would argue that it's important for you to understand that school was set up originally to support these factory lines. It was set up originally to support these uh, conveyor belt lifestyles where your job was to do one thing and to do it compliantly and to do it over and over and over again. Your job wasn't to be creative and solve problems. Well, that time has long since passed right? The the jobs of 10 years from now are going to be different from the jobs of today. All of the disruption that we're seeing in the tech field between Google and Apple and Twitter and everyone else laying off tech workers, what do we make of all of this? Well, times change and they change quickly. And we've already talked about in a previous podcast, ChatGPT and other tools that are coming. And look, your job is not to become really, really good at one skill that you do over and over and over again until you die. Your job is not to figure out how to be the best factory worker possible. And your job is not even the next level, which is kind of the the extent of creativity that I see in a lot of teachers and administrators. 
no offense, these are some of the most amazing people in the world, but I see this way too often. People saying, well, we're not trying to create factory workers and assembly line workers. We're trying to create leaders. Okay, we're creating leaders, but through the same process, and we're saying you become a leader by doing the best job of managing people on that same factory line. It's just a mindset that, you know, it's not, it's built for a different time. And the reality is that the time has changed. And I would argue that, you know, there was a time when in medicine, people believed that bloodletting was the solution, right? That the illness was in your blood. And if we take out the blood that has the illness in it, then you're going to recover. And that is how people, that's how medicine saw illness. And of course, the idea of medicine has evolved uh, tremendously over time. And we could come up with other examples as well. But we now know full well that pulling blood out of your body is not a good way to get rid of a disease. In fact, plenty of people died because of bloodletting. And yet that was the philosophy. And the idea was, man, we're not as efficient as we could be at getting the blood out. Let's figure out new tools and new ways of removing the blood so that people can recover quicker. And it doesn't matter how well our tools remove that blood. It's not a good system. It doesn't solve the problem. I worry that too many teenagers and too many parents are also approaching school with the same approach. That, you know, how do we just become better at all of the systems that are within the system? And for dramatic effect, I'm going to say it this way. We're asking the question, how do we get better tools to pull more blood out or to pull blood out more efficiently or effectively? Instead of shifting our mindset and saying, hold on, you know, what is the purpose of education? What is the purpose of college? What's the purpose of high school? What's the purpose of middle school? And for far too long, the purpose has always been, well, we need to learn compliance. We need to learn to uh, be disciplined. We need to learn to listen and obey. We need to learn how to focus our attention so that we can accomplish a specific task and get better and better at those specific tasks. And some of these things are useful and some of these things are less useful. And here there's that Thoreau quote, the Henry David Thoreau. I'll paraphrase here, but he said something like there are a thousand people hacking at the branches of evil uh, to every one that is hacking at the roots, right? There just aren't that many people who say, hold on, bloodletting might not be the way to heal, right? Maybe we need a new paradigm. Maybe we need to understand that it's actually germs, that there are microbes and there are all these other issues that are causing the illness. And it's not the fact that you have blood in your veins that's causing you to be sick. And, you know, at some point we have to say, stop. Let's stop focusing exclusively on getting better and better and better at training teenagers to enter into an industrial revolution type workforce and instead ask the bigger questions. How can we change these teens from a participant to a catalyst? from a participant to a change maker. And so I would argue that real learning is not about what you find in the books. Think about gymnastics for just a second. You can read all the books about gymnastics and watch videos, but if you really want to learn gymnastics, there is no substitute for doing it, for figuring out that your balance is not as good as you thought it was and falling over and over and over again and strengthening the muscles that are needed to keep that balance and to keep your movement flowing the way that it's supposed to flow. If you want to learn gymnastics, get out of the books, get out of the classroom and onto a mat, right? You must learn through doing. And later on, here's the thing, 
you'll pick up all kinds of other things like judo or wrestling or other kinds of sports much faster than your peers if you have spent time in the gym learning, if you spent time in the gym doing the real learning. Now, I would argue that the goal of high school and college is to create problem solvers, to create change makers, to create people who make the world a better place. And I've created the Ivy League Challenge not just to help people within the system that exists, not just to help teenagers become more competitive for Ivy League or other top tier colleges. And by the way, I would argue that a little bit more than half of all of my students are not necessarily interested in the Ivy League. Most of the students, about 55, 60% of my students are just interested in increasing their chances of whatever college they are interested in. But my job as I see it is not just to help students become competitive for whatever college they're hoping to get into. My job as I see it is to shift them from being reactive studiers to proactive learners, from students to teachers, and from disengaged rule followers to creative problem solvers. How do we solve those problems? It has to begin with core values. We have to align our students. We have to encourage our teenagers to figure out what matters most to them. Align their daily decisions with their core values, and then they can begin to build up the courage to start solving real problems in the real world. And that is when you're on the gymnastics mat. Solving those real problems and learning that some people reply and some people don't. And how do you use professional communication? And how do you find these people in the first place? How do you get support? How do you breathe life and inspiration into others around you and develop yourself into the leader of a cause? All of those things are things that you learn by doing, not by reading. And so I'm just uh, with a heart full of gratitude. I wanted to share how important I think it is to have seen my students take on this challenge and just rock it literally to perform better than I do at providing the support that we provide to our Ivy League Challenge participants. And I want to encourage you, whether you've been in my course or not, I want to encourage you to make a decision, to decide if you want to continue just operating between this willing compliance, forced compliance, shifting all the way back to you know passive sabotage or active defiance, active sabotage, or if you're ready and willing to get up into these cheerful cooperation. We're all the way up to creative excitement. Where are you and where do you want to be? Day in and day out, you spend so many hours of your day in the classroom. So much of your life is spent this way. Why not shift your mindset away from the old mindset that school is about learning how to obey and learning how to do very specific skills that you can repeat over and over and over again and shift towards, no, school is about helping me figure out what matters most to me and solving real problems in the real world. Shift from reactive to proactive, from studier to real learner, from student to teacher. We can do this. And I want you to know that I am here to support you along the way because I'm excited about helping you make this shift. And I know you can do it. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.